Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. This is World Soccer Talk Radio here on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network. My name is Nate Abarea. A very pleasant hello to you. Thanks for subscribing to us on iTunes. Tune in and Stitcher and check it out the website that started it all, worldsoccertalk.com. Whole lot of fun stuff going on at worldsoccertalk.com right now. I recommend you check it out. All the European leagues kicking in to full gear. The Major League Soccer season taking on a highly entertaining quality. You can tweet us with your opinions on all of that and a whole lot more at World Soccer Talk. Tweet me at Nate WST. Continue with the hate mail. I can take it, and you are really, really good at sending it. Some would say too good at sending it, but please, please keep it up. Get at us at Sports byline usa for updates on this show as well as everything else within the sports byline family jamie jackson of the guardian and observer newspapers is going to be our guest in this edition of world soccer talk radio jamie jackson mr manchester for the guardian cannot wait to talk with him about his new book entitled a season in the red managing man united in the shadow of sir alex ferguson Jamie Jackson with us here on World Soccer Talk Radio. And before we head to our first break, how about the Premier League weekend? There were a couple of things that stood out for me. Three things, actually, that stood out for me. One, who's Jose Mourinho going to blame for that loss, for that situation, for that 3-0 drubbing at the hands of Manchester City? I swear Sergio Aguero could have had 15 goals in the first half. City still thump Chelsea 3-0 and, yeah, everyone's saying, look out, kit man. Jose's going to blame you next. Up in Sunderland, Sunderland got beat down by Norwich. They got one back late. They lost 3-1. What's Dick Advocat thinking right now? Or as me and Nick Webster like to call him, Dick Avocado. He was talked out of retirement to come back and manage Sunderland for another season. That dumpster fire up north. My goodness. All right. Major League Soccer is getting crazy. And my even my Quakes got a win this weekend. Yeah, they beat lowly Colorado, but hey, one nils, one nil, three points, three points. Seattle, Orlando, Seattle looking classy. Chicago, Philly was highly entertaining. There were so many other entertaining matches. But hey, ending this first segment with a shout-out to my Bundesliga mate, my favorite Scottish-German San Diegan, Ian Joy. Good on you, buddy. Great stuff hosting Fox's coverage of the Bundesliga. We're back with Jamie Jackson after this right here on World Soccer Talk Radio. Stay tuned. See the world's best.
best matches. Live, wherever you are, with Fox Soccer to go. Watch select live matches on your smartphone, on your tablet, and on your computer. Get the app, get the games, and get your fix. Live soccer and more. Anytime, anywhere. Sign up to watch the Bundesliga and Champions League at SoccerOnDish.com. Are you sick and tired of cable and satellite prices going up and up and up? If you're a sports fan like me, one of the main reasons you're keeping your TV subscription is to watch ESPN. But did you know that you can cut the cord, cancel your TV subscription, and watch ESPN live and legally on your computer, tablet, Roku, or phone and save a ton of money? With a subscription to Sling TV, you can watch all the ESPN, ESPN2, TNT, TBS, and AMC that you want. Plus, you also get the SEC Network, ESPN Bases Loaded, ESPN Buzzer Beater, Univision, and much more. From Sports Center to Hoops, Sling TV has got the best in live sports action and commentary. And today you can get a free 7-day trial to Sling TV just by going to slingmytv.com. Again, to get a 7-day free trial to Sling TV, go to slingmytv.com today. That's slingmytv.com. If you're a soccer fan and you want to cut the cord and watch more of the beautiful game, NGSN may be the online streaming service you're looking for. freesoccertrial.com With NGSN, you get live, legal, and on-demand access to matches from the Eredivisie, J-League from Japan, K-League from Korea, Argentina's Primera Division, Portugal, Ecuador, Russian Premier League, as well as leagues from Bolivia, Venezuela, and more. The games are in HD, and commentaries are available in your choice of English or Spanish. And this is a completely new and legal way to watch soccer games in the U.S., Try it, and I think you'll be impressed. All you have to do is go to freesoccertrial.com and sign up today for your free 30-day trial to NGSN. Again, that's freesoccertrial.com. Freesoccertrial.com. Cheers. Football season is back, and this time around, it's all about you, the fan. Thanks to Rebel.tv, now you can call the action for your favorite college and pro teams for free. It's your team, so why not give your fans your call? Just mute your TV and provide your own play-by-play or armchair commentary. Or listen to other fans like you who love your team as much as you do. With Rebel.tv, you can create and enjoy sports broadcast created by fans on your desktop, through your iOS, Android app, or through your mobile browser. So blitz the booth this football season and go to Rebel.tv to schedule a broadcast today. World Soccer Soccer Radio back here with you on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network. Tweet us at World Soccer Talk and at Sports Byline USA and find me, Nate Abarea, at Nate WST. It is a pleasure to welcome in our guest in this edition of the show, Mr. Jamie Jackson of the Guardian and Observer newspapers over there in the motherland of England. And his new book is entitled A Season in the Red, Managing Man United in the Shadow of Sir Alex Ferguson. Jamie, how you doing, sir? I'm very well, sir. How are you? Oh, doing great. So uh, let, let's get right in to the new stuff with you. Tell us about this book and how this project uh, came about. Um, well, basically, last year when I was on tour, also in the States of America, I was approached about um, 
potentially doing a book on Van Hal, you know, who'd obviously just come in for his first summer replacing David Moyes. And I said, yeah, okay, that sounds of interest. Um, and when I came to write, to sort of write the proposal for the book, I realised you can't really tell the story of Van Hal without really going into the David Moyes um, story or season, if you like. And then with regard to that, um, you can't really sort of tell either of, of those two stories without the Sir Alex Ferguson uh, stories. That's kind of how the book evolved. Um, and so we took it from there, about a proposal, and it was accepted quite late, actually, really, for a book like this, uh, kind of back end of January of this year. Um, we signed off on it. Um, I was very pleased as well because I wanted to sort of basically do it in a non-fiction novel style. Um, if you think, I'm trying to think of examples, if you think, I don't know, something like In Cold Blood, Truman Capote, where it's taking, you know, factual events, but writing them as a novel, if you like, as a story. Very pleased that that was accepted. Um, because I think this sort of story lends itself to the kind of drama um, of a novel. Um, you know, it's kind of almost a little bit Shakespearean, the, the kind of you know towering figure of Ferguson. You've got Moyes coming in, following him, and then Van Hal, his own man. And so, yeah, that's really how it um, germinated and, and, and came about. And, um, yeah, here we are now. It's about to be published on Thursday. Well, it is very novel-like, and it has that almost you know stranger-than-fiction feel, the way this thing has evolved at Old Trafford over the last few years. And, and take us into the, the inside story, how you got the, the insider's look, because to write something like this, you got to delve in pretty deep and talk to some, some deeply entrenched uh, sources within the Manchester United circle. Give us a taste for how that all uh, uh, went for you. Yeah, well, I mean, because I am the Manchester football correspondent for those two newspapers you mentioned and have been since the halfway through the Mancini title-winning season for the City, so going back three or four years, you're obviously going in and out of um, Manchester United on a weekly basis, sometimes two, maybe three, even four times to do you know, either press conferences or football games or sponsors' functions where there's players available to speak to. So that access is pretty privileged, it's pretty unrivaled, and, of course, for every story that goes into the newspaper, onto the Guardian or Observer uh, website, there's many other stories or anecdotes or moments or incidents, etc., that, that do not, um, and which really, um, you know, when you're writing a book like this, really, really come into their own. And you also, you know, kind of almost as invaluably get a sense, a kind of feeling for the club. Um, you know, I did all, as I mentioned, I did... Um, all of uh, Sir, Sir, Sir Alex Ferguson's final ever season as the manager, uh, and then it you know changes into the Moyes stroke, which well, changes into the Ed Woodward era. Really, I would say the executive vice chairman who took off from David Gill. Moyes replaced uh, Ferguson as the manager, as we know, and then Van Hal. And so I've sort of been in and around the club, you know, home and away, not just in England but obviously in the Champions League on. You know the Moyes tour to the Australia and the Far East, and to the two Van Hal tours so far pre-season. So you get a real feel, and as you just mentioned, you know you 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 make all sorts of contacts and kind of sources of information. So when when I came down, when I came sorry to sit down to, to write this book, I quickly realised that um, yeah there, there was a, a wealth of information, and also as I say, because of the way it's written, it's you know there's a kind of literary style there. It's um, the kind of the way it's um, it's structured. There's, there's a prologue. There's a, there's a book each for these managers. We mentioned so book one is Ferguson, book two is Moyes, and book three is Van Hal. And then there's an epilogue. Um, and so yeah, when I came to write it, I just you know having someone who's who's kind of written uh, seriously, you know, previously over the years, I, I kind of found that yeah, this is just great material. To, you know, for this kind of story or vision I, I had. 
Well, Jamie, there were so many mistakes and well-documented mistakes documented by you and, and quite a few other people in England and quite frankly around the world as far as the transition from Sir Alex to David Moyes and, and then the very bizarre transition from Moyes is to Ryan Giggs for a little while then with LVG coming in. Yeah. Going back to the original transition from Fergie, the, the final title-winning season, I'm, I'm handing off a title-winning side uh, to David Moyes. When did the poor decision-making really start? And, and give the listeners a taste of whether your book really maybe sympathizes with any side at all, perhaps, David Moyes? Yeah, sure. I mean, first first thing to say is, um, I don't know if it sympathised, but I, I certainly um, uh, admire that David Boys had the courage to follow such a, a, you know, a towering figure as Sir Alex Ferguson. You know, to a certain extent, who would want that job really? Because how can you ever compare? And of course, that's kind of what what, what whoever uh, replaces Ferguson, you know, that's what what as David Boys was would be up against. Um, you know, with, with regard to his first major mistake, I mean. Hindsight's a wonderful thing, but at the time when he, before he officially took over on the 1st of July 2013, he basically decided um, towards the end of May, while well, he was still officially at Everton, that he would bring in his own backroom staff from Everton. Um, now, you know, results are everything. So if he had been successful, especially at the start, then that decision to, so, to sort of basically let go all of Ferguson's, you know, tried, trusted, and very successful backroom staff. That would have looked like a, 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 you know, a stroke of, if not genius, a stroke of a man who's, who's his own man and, and strong. But the players just just did not really, uh, as a generalisation. I'm talking as well about the senior players. They really just did not fancy Moyes from the start, really. And, and when they got rid, when he, sorry, when he was sort of let go, um, the backroom staff that kind of compounded that because the trend. Training change. Players were familiar with the training. I mean, there's a whole other argument, of course. You could go in, into and say, well, you know, the players are employees of the club. That they're, they're they're paid hundreds of thousands of pounds a week, basically, to win football games and to do whatever the manager says and buys into it. So, you know, they are culpable. But of course, you know, this is this is Premier League football. These guys are walking billboards. The millionaires. That basically is is the trick any manager has to do, especially over Manchester United, is get them on side, listening and believing. And they, they just did not, you, you know, in, in that respect, you'd have to say that David Moyes lacked that kind of charisma. And, you know, and related to that, the kind of the mistake really um, was giving him the job in the first place. I mean, the six-year the six contract he was handed was un, it's kind of unprecedented, really, in football in this country. I mean, Alan Pardew at Newcastle was given an eight-year one, but that was kind of a bit of a quasi-arrangement. Um, so the six-year one, six-year deal was... Kind of odd, but I have to say, when he was brought in, I, along with a lot of, you know, other people who kind of follow football, thought it was a refreshing decision. They didn't go for Jose Mourinho, who was time served. He would, you know, get, comes kind of guaranteed with, uh, with trophies and success. He went for a guy who'd done done the hard yards, ten or eleven very sort of solid years at Everton, and he was British, and so it felt refreshing at the time. But as soon as we got on tour um, that first um, summer. Um, you know, he started to go a little bit wrong. He was very clumsy in his quotes about Rooney being a backup to Robbie Van Persie. Um, that did not go down well with Rooney. Of course, Rooney at that time was on the way out of his club, out of the club. He, you know, he'd fallen out of Ferguson. He, he was keen to go to Chelsea. He wanted to go to Chelsea. Chelsea wanted him. And, and, and Moyes, um, having, you know, determined that he wanted 
Rooney to um, stay at the club, then then said the, the kind of clumsy comments um, about him being a backup. But he then had to work all summer, which he did well to get him back on side. And, and kind of maybe the best legacy uh, Lloyd's left was, you know, keeping Rooney at the club and getting him to sign the new deal, which was in the February of, of, of his season. Um, but yeah, there, there's many examples of how he kind of, you know, didn't say the right thing at the right time to the media and there was also his training methods weren't particularly taken to and all around he's maybe just a little bit out of his depth well there you go yeah if you want to be a glass half full kind of uh, Manchester United supporter you, you can look at it like that David Moyes was the man who uh, threw whether he did it on purpose or not he helped keep Wayne Rooney at Old Trafford so there you go there, there's our glass half full moment of this edition of World Soccer Talk Radio talking more about this new book A Season in the Red Managing Man United in the Shadow of Sir Alex Ferguson with Jamie Jackson the author of said book on the other side of this break stay with us World Soccer Talk Radio Sports Byline Broadcasting Network back after this If you're a soccer fan and you want to cut the cord and watch more of the beautiful game, NGSN may be the online streaming service you're looking for, freesoccertrial.com. With NGSN, you get live, legal, and on-demand access to matches from the Eredivisie, J-League from Japan, K-League from Korea, Argentina's Primera Division, Portugal, Ecuador, Russian Premier League, as well as leagues from Bolivia, Venezuela, and more. The games are in HD, and commentaries are available in your choice of English or Spanish. And this is a completely new and legal way to watch soccer games in the U.S. Try it, and I think you'll be impressed. All you have to do is go to freesoccertrial.com and sign up today for your free 30-day trial to NGSN. Again, that's freesoccertrial.com. Freesoccertrial.com. Cheers. Are you sick and tired of cable and satellite prices going up and up and up? If you're a sports fan like me, one of the main reasons you're keeping your TV subscription is to watch ESPN. But did you know that you can cut the cord, cancel your TV subscription, and watch ESPN live and legally on your computer, tablet, Roku, or phone and save a ton of money? With a subscription to Sling TV, you can watch all the ESPN, ESPN2, TNT, TBS, and AMC that you want. Plus, you also get the SEC Network, ESPN Bases Loaded, ESPN Buzzer Beater, Univision, and much more. From Sports Center to Hoops, Sling TV has got the best in live sports action and commentary. And today, you can get a free seven-day trial to Sling TV just by going to slingmytv.com. Again, to get a seven-day free trial to Sling TV, go to slingmytv.com today. That's slingmytv.com. See the world's best matches live wherever you are with Fox Soccer to go. Watch select live matches on your smartphone, on your tablet, and on your computer. Get the app the games and get your fix live soccer and more anytime anywhere sign up to watch the bundesliga and champions league at soccerondish.com 
Football season is back, and this time around, it's all about you, the fan. Thanks to Rabble.tv, now you can call the action for your favorite college and pro teams for free. It's your team, so why not give fans your call? Just mute your TV and provide your own play-by-play or armchair commentary. With Rabble.tv, you can create and enjoy sports broadcasts created by fans on your desktop, through your iOS or Android app, or through your mobile browser. We want to hear you watch the game. So blitz the booth this football season and go to Rabble.tv to schedule a broadcast. Podcast today. Nate Abareo back here with you on World Soccer Talk Radio Sports Byline Broadcasting Network. Tweet me at NateWST. Tweet us all at World Soccer Talk. Jamie Jackson of the Guardian and Observer Newspapers and the author of a new book entitled A Season in the Red, Managing Man United in the Shadow of Sir Alex Ferguson is our guest in this edition of World Soccer Talk Radio. And Jamie, I want to talk with you now about something. We, we, we left the last segment talking about the David Moyes era. I don't know if you can really call something that didn't even last a full, full season a, a quote-unquote era. Uh, but during the, the Moyes tenure uh, at Old Trafford, talk about surreal The way Sir Alex Ferguson would show up to games and sit in the crowd at Old Trafford and get roaring ovations from the fans as he'd he'd take his seat and give a big wave to the the thousands around him. And then he'd sit down and and he'd watch the match as David Moyes' side was struggling oh so much. Was that the right thing to do for, for Fergie to go to these games? Because I know it was an entirely different circumstances, but for me, it reminded me so much of, of Don Revy uh, with Leeds back in the, in the mid-1970s with Ryan Clough. I mean, it had such a, a fearful feel to it. It had this, this idea that how is Moy supposed to succeed when there's this big, giant, legendary Scottish ghost sitting up in the stands watching his every move? Yeah, I mean... Obviously, from where he, from where the manager sits at Manchester United, he he's obviously he was staring at the Sir Alex Ferguson stand as well. So in front of him was this big, you know, basically half of the stadium named after the gentleman before him, and then the actual gentleman himself is sitting behind him, as you say, kind of looking down. I mean, I suppose it must have been surreal for all parties. It must have been very surreal for the players Ferguson had just taken to the title by eleven points. You know, to sort of be there to, to then bomb and see the guy who they probably deep down thought or knew could fix it sitting in the stands, you know, sort of watching, yeah, those same players, basically his team really just crumble. So yeah, very surreal. Whether it's the right thing, I mean, I don't know really. You'd have to say that Ferguson probably earned the right um, to, to kind of, you know, go along. He was still a director and is a fan. But at the same time, you know, I think he probably would have helped Moyes on reflection if he wasn't around. I mean, yeah, listen, the, the guy is everywhere at the club anyway. As I say, the, the stand, the statue, you know, all the trophies he won. So you could argue, what does it matter having the actual uh, person there? But I think it probably would have helped if he wasn't around. But that was, again, another thing he had to handle, you know, as the as the guy coming in. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the manner in which the team played... You know, a couple of times through that season, there was a, not a rumour, but maybe the conversations you you would have with sort of uh, colleagues. Oh, I wonder if Ferguson would ever just come in to try and save this. You know, you know, when it started to look like they, they weren't going to qualify for the Champions League, and you know, if more and more could be a bit precarious, you wonder whether Ferguson would just come back for the end of that season. It never happened. I don't think it ever will now, of course. But yeah, I don't think it helped. I mean, you mentioned Revy. Obviously, the United parallel one is, is Matt Busby. Um, sort of. You know, sort of coming back um, and kind of looking over Frank um, 
uh, Wolf McGuinness and Frank Farrell's, uh, Frank Farrell's uh, shoulders when they when they were in charge. You know, Busby being the, the, the general manager as well at one point. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, they also say that you, you shouldn't let your kind of outgoing manager choose the next guy. Um, you know, and he kind of did anoint uh, David Moyes. Um, but that didn't go particularly well, did it? So... <laughs> Oh, it's an interesting one. The kind of, all these things we're talking about here, the kind of the, the team that wasn't really um, reinforced because there's an aging back four and there's holes in central midfield and you know Ferguson's still been around, but almost the kind of price, if you like, United had to pay for the kind of un, unparalleled success Ferguson had handed um, the club because there's no way they could turn around. Could you imagine if they turned around and said to Ferguson, "Well, you know, thanks very much, but we'd like you to stay clear." In the one sense, it might have been the right business decision but you know this is football you just can't you can't tell that man that you with everything the man did for the club with everything the man did for for english football as a whole you 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 can't you simply can't tell him that he gets to do do whatever he wants and that's why it was on fergie himself in in my opinion at least to know that it probably wasn't going to help the guy who he said he wanted to to take over and that he wasn't doing Moisey any favors uh, by showing up to these matches. But what are you going to do in a, in a Manchester United position? Tell Alex Ferguson, he can't come to the match when half the stadium is <laughs> named after him. Exactly. So let, let, let's kind of move on to something here, uh, Jamie, and look at this whole thing, kind of the grand scheme of this all. And, and maybe with a little bit of a broader scope and you've gotten an inside look at what David Moyes had to go through. You've gotten an inside look at what LVG is currently going through, whether it's succeeding with or, or struggling with. We had Mike Calvin on, uh, on the show uh, last week, a uh, great author uh, from the UK yes. who just came out with his new book, Living on the Volcano, How to Survive as a Football Manager. And, mm-hmm. and Michael talked about uh, in, in the interview on the show last week, his goal with his book was that he wanted to humanize a profession that is so often dehumanized. Did you pick up any yeah. of that in the in the process of writing this book and maybe a little humanization of the likes of David Moyes and, and Louis Van Hall? Yeah, I mean, I, so I think the main thing, and this will probably relate to Michael's book, of which I'm aware and I've read a very excellent extract uh, recently, uh, was the fact that these guys, you know, in, in my case, Van Hal, uh, Moyes, and also Ferguson, of course, he was very successful. But these guys are alone, essentially, when it comes down to it. You know, that you do tend, there is all sorts of emotions they can never show, either to players or to the public. You know, maybe feeling a bit down or a bit concerned about the decision they've made or a bit worried because this is their job, their livelihood. So the, one of the biggest things through, through writing the book, book and almost kind of telling, you know, part... Uh, Sorry, this part of, the, of their respective careers was that you realise that these, the, yeah, these are human beings, and they are when it comes to it, they're alone. They're alone going into training. They're alone coming home, and you know, and and they have families, of course, and and children and grandchildren or whatever it might be, and and they, of course, are the support unit. But when it comes to it, they also suffer because they have to sit on the sidelines and and hope and kind of pray almost that that you know that they're they're. Um, that these managers, these men, um, they're part of the family, you know, do okay and are okay within themselves. And, you know, when people come to read the book, I, I think particularly the way the, the book opens and closes, that, you know, there'll be a particular sense of that because, and that again adds to the drama because when it comes down to it, you know, as, as you're sort of saying about Michael, they, these are human beings who, you know, they, they just want the best for the players, for the club. And, and some of that is sometimes lost in the kind of, 24-7 constant were of 
football stroke football you know media re- reporting that's just the way it is and it's you know clubs wouldn't have it any other way because especially Manchester United is such a commercial beast it's you know it's kind of like a multinational the apple of, of, of football if you like you know it's kind of the global reach it has so you know there is a there is a payoff for this and managers understand that but there is there is still a human element there and yeah it's that kind of solitude um factor that um yeah was it was a strong thing I came to realise um, about all three of these uh, gentlemen. Of course, when you're winning, like, like Sir Alex Ferguson, then you, you don't have so many lonely moments. But, you know, I still look at Van Gaal and Moyes and think, you know, they're, they're brave in their own right because when they face the media, it's lots of us, you know, ladies and gentlemen, uh, basically sort of questioning one single guy. And that, that's got to be difficult. Now, Jamie, I got to ask you about the city of Manchester, where where you work as as the Manchester correspondent uh, for the Guardian and the Observer, we were talking all about Manchester United, and and rightfully so. The the new book, obviously based entirely on on Manchester United, but you also cover uh, Manchester City. And could you share with us right now any sort of differences between uh, the the treatment of the media uh, at, at both of these places? Do you find any uh, additional hospitality at, at Old Trafford or the Etihad or, or or vice versa? Does either club provide more media access, or maybe is easier to work with uh, than the other? That's an interesting question. I would say that the longer you cover both clubs, both you know Manchester United, Manchester City, the more. Uh, easier it becomes, the more familiar it becomes. I'm kind of related to what we were just talking about. The people who you sort of deal in, deal with day in, day out, you know, the kind of media department, and to a certain extent the managers, you do realise that, you know, these massive clubs are just run by human beings, kind of normal people. So I wouldn't necessarily say that there's kind of greater or lesser access between the two clubs. I think both both have their own ways of operating. Um, you know, I would say that since Ferguson stepped down, and this is the Another interesting thing, since Ferguson stepped down, I would say United, Manchester United has become a more open, media-friendly, a media-savvy club. Um, under Ed, Ed Woodward, you know, the executive vice chair's guidance, because obviously he's working for American owners, and you'll know better than me that, you know, in America, you know, because I, in a previous incarnation of this job, sorry, as a journalist, I've done American sports, you know, you can go into the locker room and... Um, you, as I said, there's a competition for, for, for market space in, in your country, and the Glazers are very much obviously with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and et cetera, et cetera, of that kind of, you know, that, that's what they, that they've kind of encouraged under Woodward. Um, you know, Manchester City, um, how can I say this? They, they don't, they, you know, they have a history as in they've been around a long time and they won major proper stuff in the past, but they do not have the depth of trophy winning history that, um, Manchester United do. The only other club, and it's interesting that Woodward references this club, even though they are, you know, the fiercest rival is obviously Liverpool. You know, they have this rich heritage of success, you know, all the European Cups and, um, you know, second only to United in terms of the domestic titles won. Um, and so that, you know, this is, this is kind of an asset almost that Woodward um, draws upon for the club. And that's what's, that's what's allowed it allowed him to grow it globally. And, and a club like Manchester City, because it's more of a, I wouldn't say it's like a start-up uh, business, but on, you know, the, the new money from Shape Man's show has only been around seven years, so they're very much um, on a, a different kind of stage. But they, they, they've done it differently. They have, they, they've got the, the New York City FC, obviously, in your MLS. They've got the, the club in Melbourne. They have an interest in a club in Japan as well. And they're doing it that way by sort of 
uh, reaching out to Manchester well, City. Well, they're, no, they're, they're building a, a worldwide brand, and we've talked about that actually recently on this show, how Manchester United were really the team in England that, that blazed that trail first off before yeah. anybody of becoming an international brand, and it's interesting to see uh, Manchester City follow in those footsteps. We're with Jamie Jackson here on World Soccer Talk Radio, back with more after this Sports Byline Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned. What's the best way to bring people together? T-shirts. T-shirts. Custom T-shirts that you design online with Custom Ink. Custom Ink has created over 50 million shirts for families, teams, reunions, church groups, cheerleaders, companies big and small. On-time delivery is guaranteed, and we'll even ship your order absolutely free. Start designing your Custom Ink t-shirts today and see why 99% of our customers say they would order from us again. Visit CustomInc.com. We all know health care has changed drastically. It's quite the puzzle to sort through your options and find a health insurance plan that's affordable and maximizes your benefits. And you're now required by law to have health insurance or you may pay a tax penalty. So let the Health Markets Insurance Agency help you. They offer plans from over 120 different companies and can even help you obtain government subsidies. Let them do all the research for you and show you how affordable health insurance can be. A service that's at no extra cost to you. Call now and learn your options to find affordable health insurance. 800-614-1242-800-614-1242-800-614-1242. Health Markets Insurance Agency is a DBA or assumed name of Insphere Insurance Solutions, Inc., which is a licensed insurance agency in all 50 states and D.C. Not all agents are licensed to sell all products. Service availability varies by state. Tired of calls, levies, and liens from the IRS or hiring others who don't get the job done? Call Wall & Associates and you'll never talk to the IRS again. The IRS has a program to eliminate tax debt, and Wall & Associates professionals are trained to maximize its benefits for you. You always speak with a live person with real support and real knowledge. We've helped thousands of taxpayers like you settle their tax debt with the IRS for a fraction of what they owe. We solve tax problems. Call Wall & Associates now. 800-480-5708. We have the professionals who know how to solve tax problems. If you owe money to the IRS, your tax problems are not going away by themselves, and the passage of time will only make matters worse. Act now before it's too late. Call Wall & Associates right now to speak to a professional tax relief agent. Call 800-480-5708. That's 800-480-5708. Again, 800-480-5708. The two for five dollar deal at Burger King just got hotter. That's right, we just spiced it up with the new extra long jalapeno cheeseburger. Feel the flame with two all beef patties side by side, stacked with fiery jalapenos. They're like little green firecrackers exploding in your mouth. Oh yeah, did we mention you can get two sandwiches at Burger King for just five bucks? But if that's too much fire for one mouth, you can mix and match with the Big King, Big Fish, or Original Chicken Sandwich. Only at Burger King. Limited time only. Price participation may vary. Prices higher in Alaska and Hawaii.
Welly, 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 well. Who could have predicted that Manchester City would have steamrolled past Chelsea 3-0 this past Sunday? Well, it certainly opens up the race for the title after only the second week of matches here in the Premier League season. And now this next Sunday, the City Steamroller. Are we really calling it that now? What did Kardik Krishnayer write this? The City Steamroller continues when they face Everton at Goodison Park. World Soccer Talk Radio's... Radio listeners, I'd like to invite you to join the gaffer, Chris Harris, and the aforementioned Carter Kritschneier, as they will be sharing their thoughts and opinions during the Everton City game live on Rabble.tv. With Rabble, the concept is simple. All you got to do, tune into the TV broadcast, press the mute button, and then head on over to Rabble.tv to listen to Chris and Kartik sharing their analysis. I love Rabble.tv. Love what it represents. Love what they're inspiring through that website. You can listen to this broadcast on your desktop, your iOS app, and now through your mobile browser. Plus, join in by posting your questions or observations in the comment section. Be a part of these broadcasts. Or perhaps best yet, Create your own broadcast. Call one of your team's games. It's easy. It's free. It's Rabble. Rabble helping to inspire the next generation of sports commentators. And whether you want to call a Premier League match, an MLS match, a Bundesliga match, you want to call a UFC fight, you can do it on Rabble. It is fantastic. Cheers to the good folks at Rabble for their continued support of World Soccer Talk Radio. And again, join Chris and Kardik Sunday, 1045 a.m. Eastern Time, Rabble.tv. It's your team. It's your call. It is Rabble. My name is Nate Abarea. Jamie Jackson of the Guardian and Observer Newspapers is our guest in this edition of the show. We've talked all about his new book entitled A Season in the Red, Managing Manchester United in the Shadow of Sir Alex Ferguson. Now, uh, we've had some uh, interesting discussions uh, off the air over the last few minutes, Jamie, and uh, let's kind of continue one of those ones for the uh, listeners' enjoyment. Let's go back about a year and a half. Uh, it was a press conference after the first leg, I think it was, of Manchester United and Bayern Munich. And you were at the Pep Guardiola press conference. It was after a 1-1 draw uh, between Munich and Man United. And Pep Guardiola had quite the interesting, I don't know whether we call it a, a spat, an exchange, a, a heated exchange. I think what, what we've both kind of called it already is a real bizarre Exchange Now, you've had a number of disagreements with managers over the years as a member of the media. That's nothing too peculiar. But the way that this one went was so weird. Do you care to, to go back in time a little bit and, and tell the folks who might not be familiar uh, with what we're talking about? What exactly happened between you and Pep Guardiola? Yeah, so this is the post-match uh, uh, press conference uh, after uh, Bayern Munich played Manchester United at Old Trafford. And... I just asked uh, Guardiola a question along the lines of, you know, were you kind of happy uh, with how your team played? I think it was sort of in, the, you know, when it came to the attacking third, because I noticed in the game that they kind of got yeah into the attacking third in and around United's area and not really got much further. And he seemed to be, in a previous answer, a little bit kind of disappointed. So I asked this question, and I inadvertently. Um, must have sort of looked away, maybe to sort of take a note or something, because he he then asked me, you know, to sort of look at him. Um, and I w- was surprised because I didn't realise I wasn't necessarily looking at him. And so then developed from from there. Um, and, I, yeah, it was a little bit surreal because Pep Guardiola is obviously, a, a, you know, probably him and Reno are the, t- the two finest coaches that man I have a great respect for. And there I was kind of having to convince him that I was looking at him. At one point, this kind of, are you looking at me exchange, got to a point where I, 
sort of to, to sort of diffuse the situation. So this is a little bit like Taxi Driver, you know, the famous scene, <laughs> which you know, um, you know, after that, that, that kind of did that. That kind of was was the end of it. But, but, but what was very um, nice about the experience is for the return leg, obviously uh, in Munich, two or three weeks later, for the for the pre pre game. Uh, press conference you know the kind of preview press conference before the the, tar- the second leg was, was played I, I attended that obviously and I sort of sat in the front row um, as I always do and you know j- 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 just not 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 to continue anything j- just to do my job and the first thing he said to me Pep Guardiola was uh, oh hello he's very you know hello old friend we should go out for a beer and that was that was very nice of him it was just one of those things in the heat of the moment I think at Old Trafford so yeah it was very, very um, interesting experience I mean yeah, as you mentioned, it does happen with managers. Sometimes you'll ask what, or, or you know, you'll say something which is kind of you would think is a regulation question, and whichever manager it is, you know, I'm speaking generally here, might take umbrage, and, and the vice versa can happen. You you ask what you might think is a sticky or awkward question. And this is one of the good things about Van Hal. I would I would say he answers, or, or if if he if it becomes awkward over an answer, he generally does not then retain that mood for for the following question. So he, he doesn't then sort of close down the press conference. Um, you know, he, he's very sort of good like that, Van Hal. He, he's naturally quite, um, you know, picky about what he does on, so that's fair enough. But yeah, the Pep Guardiola thing was an interesting experience. But, you know, as I say, it was really nice when I saw him in two or two, three weeks later that he was, he was friendly from the, from the word go and sort of joked that we should go out for a beer. Do any of your mates ever uh, ever grind you a little bit and and tell tell you to to look at them when they're talking to you? Well, when I turned up with, with a mohican and, and a sort of shaven head um, <laughs> for, the, for the next press conference, <laughs> I think people thought it got to me. Now, that's that's a joke, obviously. <laughs> no, I mean I actually because it, you know in this age of YouTube and digital media, the kind of the, the clip of the exchange appeared on YouTube, um, you know, and kind of had a life of its own, and so the, the following day I wrote a piece for the Guardian about this exchange uh, kind of along the lines that as I just explained and um, you know obviously my, my, my friends knew about the the exchange with the YouTube clip I mentioned and the story and then I actually a German paper then asked me to, to write a, a story about it um, that was published kind of the day after the return um, when I went back over there so I could then start it with him you know greeting me in a very friendly manner so the, the whole thing in the end was, was a nice experience you never listen you never want to um you know, necessarily upset any manager, anyone you're, you're questioning in this job. Just sometimes, because of the heat of competition, because you know there's a lot at stake, these things can develop. Well, uh, for, by the way, quality uh, Travis Bickle uh, reference. Very, very much enjoyed that. Martin Scorsese uh, would be quite proud. Hey, you talk about LVG, and that's something that I've yes. heard this from other uh, journalists and, and members of the media, broadcasters uh, as well. How much they actually appreciate the the candid nature of LVG and how he can be he can be kind of stubborn and stern, but mm-hmm. he'll also answer honestly. And then if he gives an angry answer about something, he'll move right on to the next question and, and start from the ground. Up. So I appreciate those words about LVG and giving us kind of a taste of what it's like dealing with him. Give us a taste for some other managers because you, you've interacted with so many over the years. Who are some of the other ones that are really the, the most, eh, what do you want to call them, out there or, or interesting or ones that you really look forward uh, to interacting with or, or ones that maybe you even get a little you know weary about interacting with from time to time? Well, what I would say, the biggest common denominator for all the, the very top managers is they have a, an extra level of intelligence. So, you know, don't get me wrong, 
any manager of a Premier League team is an intelligent, uh, you know, character. But someone like an Arsene Wenger, because you know, before I took this job, I, w- I was uh, living um, based and reporting in London, and I used to report on Arsenal a fair amount. And Wenger, you know, I used to look forward to because that that, that guy is very intelligent, will answer any question, and you know, often the answers are. You know, they're kind of enlightening to, to, to a person like me who you know, has been doing the job maybe 12, 13 years. You know, you will still often learn something, listen to a Wenger. And the same goes for Mourinho. Obviously, Mourinho has just been up here, uh, you know, yesterday for the game. Obviously, I was at that game, the City uh, 3-0 win over Chelsea. And it was actually quite interesting to see Mourinho because when he was... It's the first time in, you know, having covered Mourinho both in his first stint at Chelsea and kind of now when he comes up to Manchester. It's the first time I've ever seen him. I wouldn't say lost for words, but when he was asked... The first question about replacing John Terry at half time, he actually sort of paused. So that's a good question, which I read as him kind of feeling or trying trying to buy a little bit of time. Um, so, so those two, um, I really enjoyed covering. I, I, it was a privilege to do, you know, a season and a half of Ferguson before he retired. Um, for me, the the best manager these shows I've ever seen, um, and you know, I just. A very, very intelligent man, Sir Alex Ferguson. It was a one-off. I mean, to, you know, to manage any club for 26, 27 years is phenomenal. But to do it at Manchester United and basically oversee a complete, almost, uh, remake of the club. I mean, the club he walked into, the club he walked out of, uh, you know, in 2013, were completely different basically because of him. To, to be able to do that, if anyone could ever match that, it would be a phenomenon in itself because, you know, he, he sort of started when I was still at school and finished when, 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 when you know, I was, I believe, in my 40s. So, you know, that's that's how how big a figure he was culturally. And, that, that you know, that kind of relates to Manchester United as well, why I think, you know, why I really enjoyed writing this book because it, Manchester United are a cultural phenomenon. You know, the fact that maybe you and your listeners and, you know, America... You know, the fans over there have an interest in United kind of says that. I mean, I just love the, the fact that, you know, according to Ed Woodward, and it is a, you know, it is a fact, um, there's more Manchester United fans in America than there are in this country, which I, I just find amazing, considering soccer, as you call it, is not necessarily, well, it's not maybe in the top three or four sports there, is it, for the take-up? But obviously, because it's such a big country, there's still a big interest. But the fact that United have more um, fans there than here, I think, says it all. Well, you were on tour recently, and we were talking about this off-air a few minutes ago and coming to the Bay Area and that game between Barcelona uh, and Man United at Levi Stadium in, in Santa Clara, the new uh, San Francisco 49ers NFL stadium. And you're talking about Barcelona. You're talking about the champions of Europe. And, and you look at other teams. You look at Real Madrid and, and Bayern Munich and other teams around the world that have followed this this Manchester United trail of, of becoming an international brand. It blows my mind that to this day, and, and I'm sure you can attest to this, when you looked at the crowd at Levi's that day and I had a, a ton of friends who were at that game I didn't have the uh, unfortunately was unable to go myself but it was I'd say 65 maybe 70 percent Man United fans and you're talking about taking on the champions of Europe and so it still is incredible the international brand that Manchester United is and and they got a head start on everybody they, they thought of this be 
before it was yeah. a popular idea and before the, the Premier League became an international entity the way it is today. And, and I think they're still it's still paying dividends to this day, and they got such a head start over everybody else. And again, that, uh, that match at Levi's Stadium between United and Barcelona, which United actually won uh, 3-1 in front of uh, all those thousands of American United supporters, I think is just a fine example of such. Jamie, real quick, a couple things we got to get to here in the two minutes that we've got left. You're based in Manchester. You cover United, you cover City, but you're actually a Nottingham Forest fan, sir. Yeah, that's that's correct because my, my age, sort of 44, when I was about six or seven, they were very good. And because of where I grew up, a place called Lancaster, north of where I am, everyone supported Liverpool United. I thought I'd be a little bit different. I looked around for a team, the name Nottingham Forest, the colour of the kit and the fact they were doing well. Um, so that's why I support Forest. Um, um, it's an interesting one because... You know, it's very tribal in, in this country, football, but often when you say you're a Forest fan, a lot of people sort of say, oh, yeah, I quite like them as well as my second team. I just, I just wish, you know, I, it'd be great to see them in the Premier League and I would love, obviously, a, a kind of sugar daddy, sugar mommy to come in and, you know, do kind of what, to do, do for Forest what Abramovich has done for Chelsea or Mansour has done at City. I don't know, don't know if it'll happen, but yeah, I, I am a Forest fan. Well, yeah, I mean, people people forget that Manchester City were were a lower division side uh, about a decade ago. So let, let's be historically conscious here. And yes, I, I, I as well, uh, I, I sure hope that a nice sugar daddy or sugar mama can come in and take Forrest to the promised land. Hey, we got one minute left here with you, Jamie. Tell the listeners of World Soccer Talk Radio where they can get the new book, A Season in the Red, Managing Man United in the Shadow of Sir Alex Ferguson. Well, it's published on Thursday, and you can pre-order now through Amazon.com. Uh, there is going to be actually a U.S. sorry, a U.S. edition in bookshops, but that's not till January, middle of January. But yeah, so 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 the best way if, if they're in your country would be to order it um, via via Amazon, um, and you could do, you could do that now. Um, and, and if you do so, obviously, thanks a lot for the interest, and I, I really hope that, that they enjoy it because I think it you know it is, it is a cracking story that was worth telling. Well, absolutely, and uh, we'll hopefully have you on the show again uh, before the, the American edition comes out. And best yep. of luck uh, against against Charlton uh, tomorrow, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much for having me on. It's very kind of you. Absolutely. That was Jamie Jackson of The Guardian and The Observer Newspapers. And again, the new book entitled A Season in the Red, Managing Man United in the Shadow of Sir Alex Ferguson. Pre-order it on Amazon. Look for the American version coming out in January. And cannot wait to see this thing hit bookshelves in the UK. It is quite the story. And uh, as Jamie talked all about, it's got a stranger than fiction feel. And it's written very much like a novel because of the way that this story has actually progressed in real life. It is fascinating. We're back to close this thing out. World Soccer Talk Radio with yours truly, Nate Abarea. Back after this. Stay tuned. When you struggle with credit card bills every month, you're not just in debt. Debt is all around you. I see people every day that are on the brink. They're going to go over the edge, and at the bottom is bankruptcy, and we pull them back. At the Debt Helpline, we're experts at helping you resolve your debt problems and become free of debt. We can help you pay off your debt and give you one lower monthly payment that you can afford. You do get to consolidate your payments. You only have to worry about making one payment a month instead of making three or four or five. If you have 5000 10000 or more in credit card bills, call the Debt Helpline now for a free confidential debt analysis. 800-957-6063. 800-957-6063.
Call the CESI Debt Helpline right now for a free confidential debt review. 800-957-6063. 800-957-6063. Are you a business owner or an individual who owes the IRS? Then be prepared to write down an important phone number. Do you owe $10,000 or more in back taxes? Do you need to file back tax returns? Are you dealing with bank levies and wage garnishments? It's time to deal with your IRS problem today. Call Certified Tax Tax Representation now. Certified Tax Tax Representation, Inc. represents clients just like you in all 50 states. They will contact the IRS on your behalf the same day that you become a client, and you can become a client immediately. It's time for you to face your IRS problems. Think about how great you're going to feel when you're represented by a company who's an advocate for you, who knows the law, who also will contact the IRS the same day you become a client. Call today for your free, no-obligation consultation. Call now, 1-800-999-1064. That's 1-800-999-1064. Not all cases are typical, and some may not qualify. The consultation is free, and so is the call, so call right now. 1-800-999-1064. That's 1-800-999-1064. Do you know which investment has tripled in price since the debt crisis and risen an average 20% a year for 11 years? It's not stocks, not bonds, it's silver. And right now, we at Lear Capital believe silver is poised to hit new record highs. And we're making it easier to own than ever. For a limited time, new customers with $5,000 or more to invest in gold or silver can get up to 10 certified Morgan Silver Dollars absolutely free. That's right, up to 10 100-year-old Morgan Silver Dollars when you invest $5,000 or more. A $600 value free. This offer is available for IRA accounts as well. Call right now, 800-631-9229-800-631-9229-800-631-9229. Call Lear Capital now, 800-631-9229. World Soccer Talk Radio back here with you on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network. Taking the express train home. Another huge thank you to Jamie Jackson of the Guardian and Observer Newspapers. Check out the new book. Pre-order it on Amazon. A Season in the Red, Managing Man United in the Shadow of Sir Alex Ferguson. I want to get something going. And I talked about this in the Twitter sphere with a few people you know me and you know how much i love grassroots soccer in this country here in america and i hope that many more people embrace grassroots soccer in this country and and i'll just i'll leave it at that one thing that i'm loving of late is seeing all these supporters groups pop up around america i mean seeing chattanooga in, in their NPSL final recently with 16,000 fans in attendance, seeing fans in the south of this country, the north, the east, the west, and whether it's fifth division all the way up to Major League Soccer, I love these supporters groups. It's what it's all about. It's from the heart. It's passion. It's soccer at its finest. Let us know. Tweet me at NateWST and tweet us at World Soccer Talk. I want to spotlight 
your supporters group. And I want to get your supporters group, your club, on to this show. Get at me at Nate WST and at World Soccer Talk. For the gaffer, for Dom Jimenez, the producer in SF, my name's Nate Abarea. We love you. Come on, grassroots soccer. Gary Hayes with us tomorrow. Cheers. Bye for now. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello, Fresh. 